Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus. Pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. Hi, I'm Rosalinda, and I am excited to have you here listening, tuning in, and being a part of Faith Fuel, because you know that every program is about changing your lives, and of course, it's about bringing the glory to the Lord. So I have a question for you today. Have you ever been brokenhearted, brokenhearted because of the circumstances that you're going through, or maybe even felt overlooked by God? I know that I have. I've gone through these moments. I'm like, hey, God, are you here? Well, my guest today, Abigail Raygard, is an example of God's mercy and God's faithfulness and his goodness. So get ready. You are going to absolutely love hearing from this amazing girl. And today, you know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about overcoming and still having faith after the valley. You know, we all go through those experiences, but like, how do we keep our eyes on the Lord? How do we still love on him when we feel abandoned sometimes? So today I have Abigail here with me. Super hyped to have you because she spoke at Liberty University. My daughter was there. She was like, mom, you've got to have this girl on your podcast today. She really touched my heart. Abigail, thanks for being with us today. I am so excited to be here. I can't tell you what a blessing it is. Uh, for me, that the first podcast that I've ever done is with you. Yeah, uh, so I am so excited to be here and to share uh, what's on my heart and and what God's done um, in my life. Well, I'm excited to hear. I know the listeners are, and you are absolutely beautiful. And you know, but you've gone through some things, Abigail. And today we're gonna share that uh, with the listeners. But I want to share this with everybody listening today. I want you to know that God knows exactly what you're going through. He is so aware of you. You know, the Bible says that even before you were born, he knew who you were. He knew your purpose. He knew every hair on your head. And so look, whatever you're going through, I want to encourage you that sometimes we have to surrender to the Lord so he can take over. You know, whether it's a relationship, family, or even a sickness that you're facing, Psalms 147.3 says this, and we're reminded of this truth, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their womb. So Abigail, I just want to hear a little bit about your story and what is your background? Tell me a little bit about you. Yeah, I'm from, so I'm from Atlanta. I'm a native Atlantan, um, but I grew up in a, a pastor's home and I am very blessed with two wonderful parents, um, but grew up in a pastor's home. So there was uh, like a lot like you, uh, right? <laughs> we have that in common. Um, but there, you know, was pressure, um, and certainly kind of living in a fishbowl. So there was pressure from that, um, and not really pressure that my parents put on me, but really kind of pressure that I put on myself. And then I developed some physical issues. Uh, that went on and was diagnosed with some illness. But my background was I just grew up in a Christian home and seemed perfect from uh, the outside. You know what I appreciate? It's not that your parents put that pressure on you. It's that sometimes we put that pressure on ourselves. And so I am hearing you because I am a pastor's kid as well. 
But, you know, I got to say, I praise God that I, I have served the Lord. I had my moments there where I had to kind of realize that God loved me for me. And I just, I have this question for you. When was there a moment ever, maybe as a teenager, as a young girl growing up, where you had a defining moment where you realized you chose God for you, not just because your parents were pastors or because it was what you grew up in? Absolutely. Um, that moment for me, you know, I had gone to, you know, Liberty University. So I went to this Christian university. Um, I had come home. And again, I was going through some physical, you know, issues that led to mental issues that I'd love to, to get into more of that later. Um, but that moment was um, I came to an absolute crisis of faith. And I had what was essentially just to be really transparent, a, a mental breakdown. Um, and it was me on the bathroom floor and I met Jesus in a way that I never have before, never encountered anything um, like that. And it was in that moment when, you know, I think that when you grow up in a Christian home, it can be so easy to put your faith um, and your parents and in their ministry and not, not do it in a, in a wrong way. Cause it doesn't seem wrong in that moment. And it's not wrong that you share this faith bond with them. Um, but in a moment where it's just you and God and that, you know, the dark night of the soul moment mm, where it's yeah. just you and him and you're like, my parents can't help me. Um, nobody in this world can help me except for you, father. And I need you. Um, I don't need this, you know, what I thought was going to save me, which was, you know, truthfully for me, it was like my parents. I knew that my salvation was in Jesus Christ, but I looked to them and to other people so much for that support that that was just a moment, a defining moment when I can look back in my life and go, Abigail, that's when your faith began to run. Wow, that's so good, Abigail. It's so true. I remember, you know, I mean, <laughs> I really love my parents so much. And they're such great women and men of God that it's easy to think they are God. And that what they say, you know, it's like, they're going to help me. They're going to fix me. But I love that you came to that moment with God where you just had to do total surrender. And so I kind of want to go to what led up to that. You know, you were talking about something that happened with your physical health. You know, what what was that? Uh, so I was at school. I was at Liberty University. Um, and it was, I think, my, I, my between my sophomore and junior year, one of the two, it all kind of blends together, right? Um, but I was there and I had a, a pain in my body like I've never had before in my life. And I called my parents and I said, something is wrong. Like I know something I've never had, like it took my breath away. And um, I knew then and there in that moment that my whole life had just changed. And um, I went on to um, the emergency room and I was diagnosed uh, with having a kidney stone. And, you know, you think, okay, well, this is, you know, a problem that they're gonna take care of, like right here, right now. But again, God was was so sovereign and he gave me um, that, just something in my heart that knew in that moment when I had that first pain, that this was not going to be an isolated event. Wow. So he had already prepared my heart um, looking back, as I knew in that moment, that this was going to be a lifelong um, struggle for me 
from that moment forward. And so we went through, you know, getting rid of the stones that were there. And again, they said, you know, this is very rare, you know, especially for somebody your age, you know, kidney stones aren't, aren't, you know, that rare, but for somebody your age and, you know, you'll have it, you know, once in your life and hopefully you'll never have it again. Um, and that was not the case with me. And just all of a sudden, um, I just started producing kidney stone after kidney stone after kidney wow. stone. And so I'm flying back, you know, all the time from Virginia to Atlanta um, to go to urologists and nephrologists and, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And I was sitting in a, a doctor's office and I saw a pamphlet and it, and it said, um, you know, have you experienced these symptoms, these symptoms and these symptoms? And I was checking off all the boxes. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And, um, and it turns out that I also, uh, that pamphlet was about a, a very rare bladder disease. And uh, I have that bladder disease as well. And so the treatment for my kidney stones exacerbates the symptoms of, of what would they, it would normally use to treat the kidney stones, exacerbates the symptoms of the bladder disease. So I have two issues that are totally separate but work against each other. Hmm. And um, the bladder disease, we went on to find out that my mother has it, my grandmother has it, my cousin has it. So many women in our family have it. Not to the degree, um, thankfully, theirs hasn't progressed as far as mine has, but it's something that absolutely affects my everyday life. And I've never shared this before, the name of it, but it's called interstitial cystitis. And it is, it's very hard to deal with. It's basically like, not to give too much information, but like a chronic urinary tract infection. Right. I'm sure a lot of yeah. women have had UTIs. So it feels like that. The pain has got to be incredible. I remember I had mm-hmm. one kidney stone, one, mm-hmm. and I had just finished leading worship and I felt this pain in my side. So I'm on stage, you know, we're televised. We were on Fox at that time. So I'm like holding this pain, holding the smile. And I took three steps down this side exit off of our stage and just laid on the ground. And I had heard, you know, how hard they were. So, you know, if you're listening today, I want you to understand, like, this is seriously intense, life-changing issues. And thank God mine, I guess it just passed, you know? But I I will tell you this, my husband had one and he's laying on the ground, he can't talk. I was like, is it your heart? I mean, I didn't know what it was. And, you know, it was one stone, we were able to take care of that. But you, you, if I heard you correctly, you're dealing with multiple issues you're pretty young at that point when you're first diagnosed, you're like, what, 21 or? Right, in my 20s, yeah, early 20s. 20s. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what do you do at that point? Do you cry out to God? Do you pray? Do you Are you feeling defeated? You know, what, but what does that do with you emotionally? I felt so defeated, um, but I, you know, and, and I felt so defeated when we started, my parents, like I said, are wonderful and, um, we started researching who's the best, where's the best, where's the best place to go. And and the best place to go, you know, is Mayo Clinic, which is, you know, uh, right. an incredibly uh, well thought of hospital. And they have locations in Arizona, 
um, in Minnesota and in Florida. So I started in Florida and then I got transferred to Minnesota um, for treatment. And they had really never seen somebody with these two, you know, chronic conditions. And I was producing all types of kidney stones because there's various types of them. So we, you know, tried, you know, different diets. We, we tried all of these things. And when you're going to the best of the best, and then they're looking at you and they're going, we don't know what to do. Um, it begins to really mess with your mental state and your yeah. emotional state. And especially, you know, being young, uh, you know, at, at that point in my life, I was like, I had all of these plans because we all uh -huh. do plans, right? We think, you know, we're, we're going to graduate college or you're going to, you know, you're going to graduate high school and then you're going to go into this or you're going to go into that. And then you're going to meet the guy that you want to marry or the girl that you want to marry. And you're going to have, you know, you have this like Instagram highlight reel, you know, <laughs> uh, in your life. Uh, thank God I didn't have Instagram at that point because that would have, that would have really put me over the edge. But I just, you know, was looking at my life and comparing it to all of the people that were around me at my age. And I'm like, God, I'm living life in reverse. You know, I've been in school and that's great. And I'm living on my own and I have roommates and it's great. Um, but now I'm going to go back. I'm going to graduate with a degree. Thankfully, I was able to complete school. Um, my grandmother was a huge help for me wow. um, because one of the medications that I still have to take really affects my vision. Um, so she moved graciously moved to Virginia with me for a period of time. She would drag me to college. So my my grandmother was my roommate, which was so which was <laughs> so fun. Um, but you know, Granny had more friends than I did. I'd like come home from school, and she would have all She's my hanging friends out with everybody. Yeah, just hanging out with girlfriends at the house. Uh, she was a hit, right? Uh, but anyways, we really just got through it. You know, my family helped me with that. But comparing my life to other people really began to take this toll on mm -hmm. me mentally. Um, to feel like my life was in reverse and, and everybody else was going forward. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's like, here you are, you know, all your life, you're waiting for that moment. It's like, I'm going to graduate. I do high school. And, and now the doors of college, I'm going to meet new people. I'm living independently. And now you have to have somebody physically care for you. And so, you know, maybe some of the people that are listening today, maybe you're going through something, maybe you know, you have been given a diagnosis, you know, of cancer, or maybe you've given a diagnosis or some type of injury. You know, I had a lot of friends that uh, played sports and they thought that was going to be it for them. They were going to go all the way. And I mean, they were dedicated since they were like three years old all the way up and have a great friend took an injury and it just shifted his whole future. And for a moment there, he kind of sunk into this valley, like, you know, my life is over. He had enough faith to dig out of that. And Abigail, what was that point for you? And what was the lesson? You know, I, I can only imagine sometimes you were in a hospital bed or sometimes you were at home and it was just you and the Lord. You know, what were some of those conversations and how did God help you to survive and even thrive out of this situation? One of the most important things for me was to learn that communication was what God was craving from me. And it didn't have to be this perfect communication. And I wish that 
you know, there's parts of me actually, just parts that wish that I could sit here and tell you that I was so faithful and that my faith was not shaken and that I was just, you know, asking God and praising God in the middle of what I was going through, but that that's not true. Um, I was angry at God. I felt abandoned and I knew that those things in my heart weren't true, but you know, feelings are really powerful and our emotions are really powerful. And when we feel abandoned, you know, what we can, what we perceive sometimes is reality to us. And so I perceived that he had abandoned me and I had um, perceived that I had become this burden on my family um, that, that really wasn't true. And so the enemy really used that in my life to, um, to create this isolation. Um, but I would say the main thing for me was to continue to communicate with God, even when I was angry and to say, Hey, just wanted to check in with you today and tell you that I'm mad. You know, I'm really upset. And I had to come to this place. and, And this was kind of my crisis of faith was like, I'm looking at God and his will is exceeding his power, Mm -hmm. meaning he has the ability to change my situation, but he is not doing that right now. And maybe for somebody listening, it's, it's a divorce. Maybe that they're going through, it's the end of a relationship that they desperately wanted God to change. Maybe it's that they've lost their jobs and that they're, you know, they've lost their job and they're going through this time of, of crisis and it seems like a dead end and like, God, I need you to make a way for me. But in that desperation, there's so much power in what he can teach you and in crying out and just being honest with him about your feelings. There was nothing new. He, he already knew what I was feeling in my, my heart, um, but me communicating with him was more to, to change myself and and the change that he was having in me by just getting that out and by not um feeling like I felt like in my anger and being able to cry out to him that I was able to release these stigmas that I maybe felt like within the church and um, that you know if your faith was good enough, you wouldn't go through this or like this is how right. you should and that can be so toxic to people that are in pain um, when maybe they just need to just sit back and lay against him and breathe. You know, we, we can look at, at people like David and look at the Psalms where he's crying out. He's going, you've abandoned me. I, my heart is troubled. It's burdened. It's not, it's not wrong to feel that way. That's okay. He can hold that space. That's right. That's right. You know, that your transparency, Abigail, You know, I just pray that God will take this message out to the people that need to hear this because you're right. We, I go back to that social media look of everything just looking okay and everything, you know, no hurts, you know, and wow, they must really have their life with the Lord doing great because it just looks so amazing. And, you know, I, I didn't go through necessarily that physical issue that you did, but I went through a season in my life where my marriage 
was totally falling apart. And you talked about, you know, maybe other difficulties that people faced. And I had that ugly moment. And I went outside in the rain. I'll never forget. I went to my mom and dad's house and I just yelled. And I was like, you pray for him because I'm done. And I was screaming out the Lord. And I cannot believe our neighbors did not call the cops because I was just like this mad woman. And I was just like, I'm done praying for him. He's your child, right? You know, God, if you want him, help me, you know? And I really watched my whole marriage that was like this Cinderella moment just crumble, you know, and, and fall. And I serve the Lord and I gave, you know, and I tithe and I'm a, you know, I'm totally committed to the Lord. And I never thought I would come to this point where I would put my kids in a car and take off and walk away from what was supposed to be something perfect for me. And I praise God that God healed that marriage. And today we've been married 25 years and we celebrate God. It's so amazing. But there was that moment. And you know, it was okay for me to just tell God, you know what, I'm really mad. You know, I I really dedicate my life to you, Lord. This isn't what I thought was in store. And so, so many listeners today, we have this, uh, we have in our mindset that because we serve God because now I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to have this perfect life. The Bible says that tomorrow is not promised. And by all means, it doesn't mean that things are gonna be perfect, but we do have a God that can carry us through and he sustains us in those hard times. And he's a loving heavenly father that just loves on us even when we cry out to him. And so I praise God, Abigail, for what the Lord has done in your life and your transparency and your boldness to tell people it is not perfect sometimes. And sometimes, yes, we we feel overlooked, we feel abandoned, and we feel hopeless. But I want to ask you, I, I know, you know, I've heard some of your story, but I want to know, like, where are you today with everything? You know, what, what has happened? How has this thing, uh, are you still dealing with this issue? I am still dealing with this issue. It's, it's something that I face on a, a daily basis. It's something that for me, um, you know, I, I touched on earlier, this just mental health sort of piece that... When you go through physical issues, it really can start to affect you mentally. And um, for me, that just manifested in crippling anxiety mm. and depression. And honestly, the, the mental was worse than the physical. Um, yeah. And in the, the, the most recent seasons of my life, the mental health struggles that I've gone through have um, exceeded the physical pain and just feeling just so alone and and I said this earlier but just isolated and that's something that I want people that are that are listening today to know that it's okay to not be okay it's okay to not know the answers and I would be lying and I would not be um, in the place that the Holy Spirit couldn't use me if I wasn't being transparent to say that I have really bad days. Yes. Bad days. I, so it's not something that's just, you know, I made a decision and everything just changed that day. Um, That's not the truth. There are absolutely really bad days. Um, They're bad seasons. And it's something that, you know, goes, that ebbs and flows. Um, But I have power now and those seasons are shorter and shorter because I've learned what to do in the dark. And that is 
not to question what he's revealed to me in the light. Um, because it's so easy when we get in the dark to go, but I'm here and I don't remember and I don't feel, but if you can even journal, like journaling when you are in the light and you can look back and go, no, here's what you did for me. Here's the place that you delivered me before you will deliver me again. You are that same God and look to the scriptures. The moment that he's brought you in now, if you are breathing, if you have breath in your lungs, you have something to be thankful for. There's so much power and gratitude. And when you can start to write down, you know, the things that you are grateful for, even if it's three things a day, if the the only thing that you can be grateful for is the pen that you have in your hand, in the paper that you can write that on in that moment, mm-hmm. that, that is something to be grateful for. And that you have a story to tell. You have a story and that your sorrows are not wasted. That these things that God has brought you through, the things that we feel so broken about are things that God wants to use in our lives to help other people. You know, there's a a quote that says, you know, what is most personal really is most universal. So the things that we think that we just experience an isolation and that nobody else could possibly know that we're going through this. Um, those are the things that so many other people are feeling. They just don't have the power to say it at that moment. And they need people. I needed people that, um, that spoke truth into my life and that could say, Hey, I've been where you're at, Abigail. I don't want you to feel disqualified from the race and, and from, feeling like you have a story to tell and tell and that you have to have it this it all perfected because that really is allowing the enemy to have a seat at your table where he doesn't belong and if he can make you feel disqualified if he can make you feel inadequate and that you the shame and the guilt of things uh, then he has you where he wants you but when you can captivate that and take back your own story and to say I'm not going to allow you to do that I see what you're doing and I'm not I'm going to replace your lies with the truth oh that's so good Abigail I know if you're listening today this is touching your heart you know it's okay uh, to not be okay. And, you know, I'm just capturing that sentence that you said, and that is the reality, is not every day is per, uh, picture perfect. Uh, but we do serve a God who is perfect and who is loving and who endures. And, you know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, Abigail, and to those that are listening today, is the story of Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. And, you know, they had this great relationship with Jesus. I mean, they were buddies. They were like, hey, you know, I sent you a message. Our brother is sick. Um, We're good. We're good with Jesus. You know, he's going to respond to us. And Jesus didn't respond. You know, it didn't go down the way they thought it was going to happen. And they went through sorrow. They went through pain. Um, They were mad at Jesus. You know, they were upset. I can only imagine because they had built a relationship with the one who could have came before it was too late. And, you know, the story goes, if you know the story in the Bible, Lazarus ends up dying. And when Jesus shows up, I mean, they stay in the house for a minute. You know, and sometimes we stay in the house of our emotions and we stay in a place where we're just like, no, no, I prayed and you didn't answer. And, you know, it's not that we're going against God in that moment. It's that you're being human in that moment. And that's why we need a God. 
The story goes on to say that, you know, when they wept, Jesus wept with them. And I want you to know that if you're listening today and you've heard Abigail's story, you know, God hurts when we hurt. He loves you and he knows your pain and he knows your circumstance. And while you're in that valley, while you're in that trial, and and just like Abigail, that valley, it, it may be a season, it may be a long time, it may be a lifetime, is that we are not alone. Later in the story, we hear that Jesus actually raises Lazarus from the dead. You know, sometimes we might think that's an instant healing of what's going on physically, but maybe it's an emotional raising. Like I believe that God's done Abigail in your life. You know, maybe it's not that instant healing of that sickness, but God brought Lazarus to life because it wasn't an instant healing that he was looking to do, but it was a miracle. And the miracle I see today, Abigail, is that you have a story that even in the rough times, there's a God that is still faithful. And so I want to encourage listeners today to journal. You know, I was never really good at journaling. I'll be honest with you. But when I went through those tough times, I really wanted to tell somebody off. I really did. I just want to lose Jesus for a minute and put him on the shelf, you know, and just say, Lord, excuse me one minute. But I would write those things down. And I've gone back today to see some of the ugly that I wrote down and some of the good. But the good always reminds us that God is a faithful God and that he loves us. And so, you know, I want to encourage again the listeners to place your heart in God's hands and allow him to reconstruct the brokenness that's in your heart and infuse joy in those places. Because one thing that happens with mental health, with emotions, with depressions, is that we do have to be careful not to sink too low. But the great news is that God's promise is that if you're in a pit, he will pull you out and he'll put your feet upon a rock. So I think as women too, Abigail, and maybe, you know, you've had friends on campus and throughout your life right now, emotional strain and mental health, you know, that we we call it, um, it, it's a real thing. But there is a real God. And I'm I'm so excited that you've been brave enough to share your story. And I just want you to just, you know, we're going to pull this podcast here to an end here. You know, Psalms 147.3 says that he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. You know, we may not be perfectly healed in the world's understanding, but the healing happens in our heart. I just want you to just pray for anybody today that is where you are especially in those lower moments where you were and just pray that the Lord, um, you know, would just lift them up out of that moment, but also carry them through right where they are. Absolutely. I'd love to pray right now. Um, just heavenly father, I thank you for each and every person who is listening to this, whether they're watching, listening, however, uh, they're hearing this message today, God, I thank you that you brought them here to this moment. Lord, I pray just overwhelmingly that they would know that a troubled faith is better than no faith at all. A troubled faith is better than no faith at all. And a faith that has not been tested cannot be trusted. So God, we praise you in the parts that we're learning to trust you. You're not looking for perfection. You're looking for authenticity and devotion and obedience. And God, I just pray that you would give peace to the people uh, that are listening to this or watching that, uh, that, that desperately need it, Lord. I pray that you would give them hope 
And I pray that you would just remind them that just that little bit of faith that they can have in you can transform their lives, Lord, just to, and just to help them walk in obedience. But God, more than anything, I ask you that they know that they are not alone, that they know that they are not alone and that they have a story worth telling and that they have a life worth living. So God, I just pray if there's anybody that's listening to this that is really at the end uh, of, of their rope, that they are uh, just tapped out, God, and they feel like, what is my purpose? God, I just pray that you would fill their hearts with hope and just a peace, that you are there with them, that they are in this moment and listening to this for a reason, and that um, you give a future for them. And uh, I just ask all of these things uh, in your son's name. And just thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord. Amen. Amen. I know that you have been encouraged. Abigail, your story is a story of bold faith and just your honesty, your transparency. Um, We have to release people from this idea that it's all going to be perfect. You know, that every day is going to be this holiday, you know, this exciting day. And that through these moments, through these seasons, there is a God that loves us so much. And I I do want to say this, you know, um, usually we end at this point, but I just felt from the Lord in my heart that if you're going through something right now, there is power in the word of God. And you need to learn to declare that over your life and over your home. And we had a dear sister that worked for us for 40 years and went through cancer three times and has survived this. And God was her strength. And I don't know how she did it. Even going through chemotherapy, she kept coming to work um, as often as she could. But one day she was in the hospital and she called out for us to write scriptures. And so all of the staff wrote down scriptures on paper and we put it all over her hospital wall. The doctor told us that after that happened, he wasn't even saved. He goes, I don't know. She's just doing amazing. I can't explain it. And that's because the word of God is living and breathing. So look, if you're going through this stuff, break out paper and pen. Don't just journal for the private. Put the word of God all around you. Surround yourself with it over your head, over your mind. And, you know, we've got to fight that and not allow the heaviness to take us over. But Lord can pull us out. I believe it. It's happened to me. It's happened to Abigail. It can happen for you. Abigail, thank you so much for being with us today. You are so welcome. It was a blessing for me and I'm honored and humbled uh, to be here. I'm praying God opens big doors for you, that he will just heal you, continue to use you. And just, I'm telling you, doors that you can't even press open, I just believe are going to open up for you. So so you're so welcome. Look, guys, you know what I always say? When you put your trust in God, he will fuel your faith. If you enjoyed this podcast today, make sure that you share it with friends. You know, they're never going to hear this good stuff if you don't get it out there. So make sure you rate and review. And especially because I had Abigail today, make sure you give it a five star. And remember, we also talked about mental health. You guys know we have the Mercy House for women. We have new life for youth, um, for men as well. And so if you know somebody struggling with addiction or going through some trials, maybe you just want somebody to pray for you. We have a whole lot of staff that are willing to pick up the call. So make sure to get in touch with our ministry. We love you and we're praying for you. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. 
If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.